Hello, and welcome to the Alt Left. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 56 of the Alt Left podcast. I am your host, Gamergate Chris. With me here is Incel Matthew. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And who are all these dark-skinned people in my video games, Kay? Good evening, everyone. If you can't tell, today we're going to be talking about the toxicity in the gaming environment. Uh, and, you know, with a dash of white nationalism and capitalism, because, you know, they all go hand in hand. Who doesn't need white nationalism? Me. I, I really don't. I've, yeah. I've so much. I'm good. I'm so good. Uh, it's actually funny we're on this topic because Matt and I were actually having a discussion about this earlier <laughs> as I was um, as I was dragging a redditor through the coals. Yeah, yeah. We had it's, uh, it's not that hard, but <laughs> go ahead. I think Matt had a beautiful analogy. <laughs> Um, yeah, there was, for those of you who don't, or who, those of you who play Fallout, you'll know right away that it was talking to somebody who loves the Enclave. And if you don't know who that is, that is a very fascist faction, and they do go so far as to, like, literally look like Nazis in their uniforms and what they are. It's a post-apocalyptic world, and they're military Nazis. That's all you really need to know. So on Reddit, this guy was super into them, had a, you know, a badge of theirs on his name, and he was talking about how much he wanted them to have their own armor in the game, and how it should be called Stormtrooper Armor. And he wants it in the colors of red and black and especially white. And uh, all my red flag alarm bells went off and I called him a Nazi. <laughs> um, and uh, Matt, go ahead. You piped in and had a few questions for him. So, so yeah. So the way this typically, because this happens a lot. Chris and I are actually pretty actively tag teaming people when it comes to this stuff. And a lot of the debates we've gotten on our Twitter, we've done this. And Chris, it's usually a bad cop, good cop routine, but Chris is bullshit <laughs> detector when it comes to white nationalists, racist, bigots, anything. Like, he knows the dog whistles. He knows the code. He's usually pretty good at spotting it from a distance. And usually what I'll do is because the common thing is, like, everyone you don't like is a Nazi will come up almost instantly. So I'll play the good guy and I'll just ask simple questions. So it's just like, and one of his, the first response this guy had, do you remember what it was? It was like, oh, not this again. Yeah, he's like, and not so, this again. I immediately responded with, oh, so I'm not the first one to point out how problematic your shit is. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and my response was like, is this not new for you? And then he immediately went on a tirade about woke culture and gaming, which, by the way, if anybody is new about this, if your immediate response is to complain about woke culture. That's also a pretty big red flag. Yeah. Like if you avoid a question that's pretty direct and just go on a tirade about woke culture, odds are you probably avoiding that question for a reason. You guys are old. Uh, do you remember the courage wolf memes? I do. Courage, yes. Like socially awkward yeah. penguin and all those. Yeah. 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 Yep. Matt, you may remember this. I, I don't know if you do. Do you remember how courage wolf, the meme died? No. Cartoon Network used it in an ad because somebody was like, hey, Courage Wolf is popular with the kids. And they literally made ads making Courage Wolf memes. And it immediately died because the best way to kill a meme is to get your fucking corporate hands on it. Yep. And mm -hmm. it's the same with the word woke. The word yeah. woke was used by people of color. And then a bunch of white liberals were like, look at my pussy hat. I'm woke. And it was dead. It was dead and over <laughs> and gone. And now it is only used by right-wingers to complain about left-wingers like they typically do of not knowing what the right words are or what quote-unquote triggers them and they bring up dead bullshit that no one's actually talking about no one uses the fucking word woke but they think they they think they're fucking owning the libs with it so yeah he goes into a tirade about oh he's smoking that woke juice and blah 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 and and just going off and matt literally goes into you know he's like well i was just talking about star wars and matt basically piped in like you know they're an analogy to the Nazis, right? They're, they're using Nazi uniforms and, and literally German guns, and and they're and they're an empire. They're they're meant to show the Nazis. And he's like, "No, oh, it's bullshit." And I don't. I've never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> and then literally every nerd that got in there was like, "No, they're they're space Nazis. That, that that's a real thing." <laughs> and that part of the conversation immediately died. And then he segued back into like another part of the thing to tell me, "I think you've got problems." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know why you think I've got problems. I'm not accusing." you of anything i'm just asking you questions and you're the one that's getting defensive and refusing to answer my direct questions so i'm like you've 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 expressed love for 
for two fascist factions in, in fiction. I'm just curious, are there any other fascist factions in fiction that you sympathize with? Like, do you think the humans in Star Trek, <laughs> Star Trek Troopers are the good guys? And then it was dead silence. And he's like, come on, man. I just want to talk about video games. Why are you doing this? By the way, didn't answer my question. Well, then talk about video games and stop talking about Nazi paraphernalia. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is it's like, I just want to talk about video games. It's like, well, but if your take is, I fucking love the Nazis in this video game, <laughs> that's a problem. And that's where it came down to is you chose to have that hot take. Um, the, the Unclaver meant to be the villains. And again, you're allowed to say, like, I like the villains in this, right? Yeah. You're allowed to have the take that, like, and here's the thing. The Enclave are good villains in Fallout. And here's the thing. Their outfits do look snappy because Nazis looked snappy. Hugo Boss designed their uniforms. Like, the Nazis, there's a reason it caught on. They were fucking stylish. It was hip. That's fine. You're allowed to be like, hmm, but you're supposed to take it as interesting and maybe role-playing something or just looking at something different, not, man, these guys have the right idea. (laughs) Um, If you're emulating Nazis online, you need to take a good look at what you're doing. And unfortunately, the internet is glorious. Uh, it is wonderful. It has allowed an explosion of scientific knowledge, historical knowledge, an explosion of literacy, huge cultural exchanges. The internet is glorious. It has shaped mankind in so many wonderful, wonderful ways. It's also full of buttholes. And it, it's it's just a terrible fucking place. Sometimes um, there are for for every Wikipedia and you know and anything else that's good, and and fuck you if you don't like Wikipedia. Wikipedia is possibly one of the greatest inventions of the internet. Um, and anybody who says, well, it's not perfect, no, no, fucking nothing is. Well, it's got bias. So does the Encyclopedia, dickbag. It was <laughs> you think the Encyclopedia Britannica doesn't have a fucking capitalist and, and European bias to it? Give me a break. It's a free source compendium of human knowledge, and it's getting better every day. And again, it's free. But anyway, for every site like that and places that try to do good in the world, uh, there's a Daily Stormer and there's a 4chan. Yeah. There there are yangs to the yin, man. And, yeah. and we said all that to say this. Politics, as we've t- discussed on a previous episode, is injected into our everyday, everyday lives. There's not a single facet of life these days that can get away from it. Gaming is is absolutely no different. And that's kind of why we wanted to talk about politics and gaming in this episode because it is there are so many intersections of it. And being gamers, K is is new to gaming. He's just got into it. Chris and I have been gaming since fuck we were little kids, man. I mean the first one I ever had was an Atari. So hey, I had an Atari. I just never played it. So did I and an NES. Um, but one of the first things I want to start about is is where this comes in. And politics has been associated with gaming almost since uh, video gaming first came out, since the 1970s. Since, I mean, we first started, had ColecoVision and things like that. Politicians have been going after this. But we're really, really made waves. Really made waves. And I'm sure you guys are old enough to remember this. Is around 1993 when Mortal Kombat came out. I don't know oh, if you yes. guys remember this. Yep. This is where politicians got a big old fucking hard on for the video game industry because, oh my gosh, Mortal Kombat had blood and and pixelated and skulls and fire and all this stuff. And it was violence. And it was just like, this is ruining our kids' minds. This is going to inspire them to commit violent crimes. And it got so bad that they actually had to remove the blood from certain copies of the Mortal Kombat game. For the longest time, the blood got replaced with uh, with white sweat. That's what it was. It was sweat that was coming off instead of blood. Oh my God, I remember that. Yeah. And it was all these just... It was the just... lamest patch ever. Yep. Yeah, it was totally, but it's, that is kind of where this all starts because ever since then, this has not stopped. Politicians, specifically right-wing politicians, have got this major boner against video games, gamers, and culture, which is actually kind of ironic because as we're going to talk about, there's a huge component of right-wing conservative assholes that are in the gaming industry. And that's kind of where a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about comes from, all the negativity there. Which is funny, a lot of these senators' kids are probably the gamers that are part of the Gamergate shit and other crap like that. And as true as that is, but you got to remember that one of the reasons for that outrage, it, it comes from the exact same kind of belief of like Tipper Gore freaking out about music lyrics, right? It yep. has to be this, well, 
how come it's not more about teddy bears and white Jesus? And that's and, and they they represent the people who rail against them. It's the same as God. What was his name? The fucking senator who's you know asked if we're going to end Finsta. Oh God, what was his name? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember his fucking name now. Anyway, uh, it's that kind of shit. It is this out of touch. I need to make a stand for the conservative, fluffy right wing bullshit. And they're not the ones who are recruiting white nationalists online in games. You know, those are the Nazis. They're there to apologize to the Nazis and to, you know, coddle them and use code to get them on their side. But they're never going to outright support that shit. So it doesn't surprise me that out-of-touch senators are going to clutch their pearls at uh, at red-colored sweat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's ridiculous, but it hasn't stopped. I mean, if you think it was just a big tiff with Mortal Kombat back in the early 90s and then it went away, it hasn't. Even Trump tried to accuse video games of being a, having a direct link with mass shootings and that kind of violence and stuff like that. And there's abs- we've done studies about, about this since the 80s. Every fear that is expressed by you know right wing nut jobs about video games being a detrimental influence is not only not corroborated, the opposite ends up being true. As yep. video game use has been on the rise, violence in teens and youth has actually gone down. And again, yeah. you can make an argument for correlation does not equal causation, but we've also done psychological studies that show these games can give an outlet to those tendencies and urges. I am going to point out. Be there. If you're going to believe that correlation is on equal causation, then you would never make that argument in the first place. It's the it's the inability to grasp that concept is why they make that stupid buffoonish argument. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, it's like it's one of the it's it's basically like saying you know with correlation versus causation. I think it's an analogous to like where there's smoke, there's fire. Does it necessarily mean there's fire? No, but you better fucking pay attention because something's going on. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's it, it it always blows my mind. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree, but it but it's interesting stuff because it's surprising. Like when you have an outlet for anger, violence, aggression, frustration, you tend to not want to you know express those feelings on human beings when you've got a place to actually put all of that. And video games provide that. You know, there's even yeah. more extreme stuff. Which I'm not I'm not going to take some weird libertarian stick here about saying I'm up for this. But I think in like I read a study not too long ago about like in Japan where they gave pedophiles access to like child porn type games or something like that to see if it curbed their urges. And there was some sort of result that showed that like their urges dropped or something like that because it provided them a necessary outlet. Now, again, there's all kinds of stuff. I'm not trying to go on an advocation for child porn games here. So let me be clear. Vouch, is that you? Yeah. In case (laughs) anyone is misconstruing this, this is not what I'm advocating for. But the point I'm saying is that giving people an outlet for these negative tendencies does help curb them. Yeah. And again, we know what causes crime. What causes crime is poverty. And what causes crime is stress and abuse, uh, over-policing. These things are what cause crime. Give people fucking healthcare, education, and food, and watch crime plummet. You know what? Let them play Call of Duty in their fucking apartment with a full table of food and a fridge filled with shit. And let me tell you how they're not going to cause problems. But over-police a bunch of people and treat them like shit uh, with, uh, you know, sprinkle in some child abuse and whatever else has gone on in their life and make it so they can't, you know, feel secure and having a roof over the head that night. And guess where crime's going to come from? Right there. But the same people who want to tell you they want to prevent crime by fighting video games are the same ones who will also say we shouldn't we shouldn't have unemployment insurance and we shouldn't have eviction moratoriums and we shouldn't give socialized medicine out there. Anybody who says they're against violent crime but is against social spending is a fucking idiot, which is why Batman's terrible. I won't disagree <laughs> with that. I'll, I'll work that in there any day, Matt. Batman's garbage. I mean, that's fine. If you want to take that thing, I disagree. He's a trash person. He's a trash hero for trash people. Okay, cool, bro. Go for it. Let's save that for a different podcast. Yes. And, you know, speaking of trash people, this is kind of where we get into some of it. Well, I don't want to say it's the origin origin, but the real first time that we're publicly aware on a national level on one issue where the Internet and gaming communities get really trash is Gamergate. If you guys remember yeah. that. I do not. Yeah. <laughs> so Cliff's Notes version, uh, Gamergate's the start of Gamergate happened in about two, 2013. It came to a head in about 2014, and it actually, this movement didn't just die. Like, it kept going. And there's actually some people that have said the tactics 
um, and tricks used by the assholes that were part of this movement were actually adopted by the Trump campaign um, because they saw how successful they were. They saw how it allowed them to talk to people they otherwise wouldn't have had to because it was a message. But basically, this starts with a girl named Zoe Quinn, right? She's a, a gaming... I guess a developer, I guess would say, but like an indie developer, right? She creates this game called Depression Quest. It's this text-based game yeah. that's meant to get, put you in the, in the shoes of somebody suffering from depression. If you're listening to that and you're saying, that sounds weird. Doesn't it like any game I've played? Yeah, that, it, it was an, an indie game trying something different. It kind of garnered a little bit of success. It had a lot of positive reviews. People were into it, but it also got a big backlash um, from people bitching about woke culture. And again, remember, part of the issue with this was that it wasn't a shooter. Yeah. This was literally a game designed by a woman that was simply supposed to be kind of relating to her personal experiences and issues. And it was supposed to be people who were also, it was supposed to be a game by someone suffering depression for someone suffering depression as like a coping mechanism, a community, a place to go where like you're not so fucking alone. And in a world filled with nothing but shooters and violence and zombies and, and, and space explosions, the fact that this game existed for some reason really was a problem. Not that just that it existed, but that it existed and was getting decent reviews. Like Kotaku yeah, wrote a very positive article about it. Yeah. Now, again, like this is in a culture of gaming bros that like you hear a woman, a woman on Call of Duty chat and you're immediately like, go in the kitchen and make me a sandwich. You know, this is the kind of shit that would get lo- lobbed at women whenever they tried to join in their in, in what they these guys perceived as exclusively male spaces, right? There was the 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 back and forth on this was all in 2013. It was prevalent. She got doxxed, but it wasn't huge yet. Where re- everything really blows up is in 2014, where Zoe Quinn's ex-boyfriend decides to write a massive blog just absolutely trying to shred this girl. Now they had a bad breakup and he would, he would eventually go on to retract a lot of the statements he said. And the ones he didn't retract were proven to be outright lies. But the long and the short of it is he tried to claim that she had slept with Kotaku, a specific Kotaku writer, uh, last name, I believe is Grayson. I forget his first name, a specific Kotaku writer to get good reviews. Now, first of all, this guy never wrote an article about Zoe Quinn's, um, game at all at Kotaku. It was written by somebody else. Uh, Zoe Quinn and him did spark a relationship, but anything that, like, he never he never wrote an article about her and the relationship happened after the fact. But this ex-boyfriend tried to claim that she cheated on him with this guy, that she slept her way uh, through writers at Kotaku to get these good reviews, and that she was just, like, calling her a whore, calling all this. And this kind of reignited, or basically reignited the hatred for her, but this was the spark that really turned Gamergate into a huge fire. Not only was there no evidence for any of this, but it wasn't even possible because this guy didn't even write a review for her game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, now it came out of nowhere. But it started something, and this is where things get, and this is where Gamergate gets really insidious, in my opinion, because there is a concerted attack lobbied at not just Zoe Quinn, but other female gamers, game developers, and things like that. Now, the rallying cry for people that are not necessarily misogynist with this, I would say. Now, again, this is I'm saying in quotes here because it gets into weird gray areas. But a lot of people that were supporters of Gamergate tried to frame it as an ethics in video game culture debate, trying to frame it around the idea of like, you know, the relationships between gamers and developers or, or writers uh, and media and, and gaming and developers is too close. It's this one of like, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. Now keep in mind, in any media, like you have to develop relationships with your sources. Like that's not a new thing. Every reporter out there will develop a relationship with their source and they have a close one. That's not unusual. That's what was, that's all that was happening in, in the gaming industry. But they tried to make it as if there was this weird incestuous relationship going on. And it was this big conspiracy to basically lie and manipulate gamers and and their media. And so a certain percentage of people were trying to make it about that. But there's absolutely no evidence about this. And the biggest damning factor of this is journalists weren't getting attacked. No journalists were coming under fire in Gamergate. You know who was coming under fire? Zoe Quinn, Anita Zarkisian. There was another lady who, whose name escapes me right now, but she's been pretty prolific. It's all feminist gamers that have been speaking out about the hatred and vilifying that they were getting. 
Now, these women got doxxed, received numerous death threats, rape threats, uh, violence against their lives. I mean, this went on for years. Most of them had to either move out of their house completely or go live with relatives or things like that while this was going on. Meanwhile, while all these women are being attacked, you've got people that are, well, I just don't like how, you know, video game journalists are, are being unethical. Well, okay, why aren't you rallying? Why are you getting against these girls that are speaking out? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's kind of the thing of like, oh, my, my spouse cheated on me. I'm going to I'm gonna shoot the person they slept with. And it's like, boy, you're really, even if this is true, you're going after the wrong party. But it's because this was never about those journalists. Ever. This ever. was about hating women this yeah. was about being against female voices and creativity in video games and trying to censor and silence those that's what yeah. this was about which is why they didn't go after the male journalists they went after the women game developers because that was that was their target all along yep and and again it it's kind of this thing there was no real leader there was no central voice there was a lot of people talking about it a lot of youtubers that were coming out and voicing their opinions on it but there was no central ideology there was no goal, stated goals of this movement it was just a hashtag gamergate and guess where a lot of this started and festered the most 4chan and 8chan big surprise these are hubs where misogynists, bigots, racists, and the most vile, reprehensible human beings, beings on the internet congregate to spread this bullshit. This is what they've always done. And that's kind of what happened. And years later, I mean, I'm not talking about like while this was happening. We're now in 2022. It's been at least, um, you know, seven or eight years since this completely ended. And everybody that's looked at this, everybody that's done any kind of any amount of journalistic uh, digging in this has found the same thing. It's been it was fueled by conspiracy theories, baseless accusations of um, of unethical practices within the gaming industry and, and really just anti women attacks against women that were coming out. And again, I don't think I think. Anita Sarkeesian was one of the ones where she came out and, and made a lot of like stuff about uh, games and, and uh, misogyny and gaming culture. Some of her arguments were good. Some of them weren't, weren't that good. She had a video series. It was called Tropes Versus Women in Video yeah. Games. And yeah. it was kind of about all the sexism that goes on in video games. And I actually think she was onto a whole lot of shit. She, she look she was so like I think one of the ones that always stood out was her bitching about the bow on Miss Pac Man like that was that always felt kind of like eh to me. Um, I think she had much more ground with like you know when a lot of anime games where it's like you you've got algorithms to make the boobs jiggle and like you know you've got women in it with armor that like no like there there's another trope in video games where it's like you can have the same armor on a female character it looks like she's a fucking stripping pole dancer and on a male character it looks like he's from a knight from the crusades yeah well it, it was uh, what is it the what's the video series of the guys who make fun of rpgs and video games epic npc man Oh, no, that's from Viva La Dirt League, those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Viva La Dirt League. But yeah, it's Epi, Epic NPC guys, their video yeah. series. They go, they went into that very same thing where like a female, you know, male character is like, here, your quest is the armor of whatever. And he gets this gigantic kick-ass breastplate. And then he hands the female gamer a bikini, you know, yeah. and it's the same prize. And it's like, yeah, titty armor is stupid. For, I mean, can, and really, I, it bothers me that it exists in non-sexy games. Like, it's in fucking Mass Effect. Yeah. Where, like, FemShep is the better canon option. Bioware made FemShep the canon Shep, and the voice yeah. actress is incredible. Which, by the way, the two Shepherds are married. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes. FemShep and Shep are actually together. Yeah, it's adorable. Anyway, uh, but the point is... Even in like a game like Mass Effect, which really was about anti-sexism and anti-racial bigotry, that kind of thing, FemShep still had titty armor. Yeah. And it was like, for, first of all, if you were designing chest armor for someone with boobs, you just make it a bigger breastplate. That's it. it. If you had if you had molded tits in your armor, first of all, you'd have to mold it for every single fucking woman who had it. You know, you'd literally have to to cup size your armor, which would be stupid. But even then, <laughs> it would make it more dangerous because you're now creating yeah. angles for weapons to catch on. If a yeah. pickaxe is coming at my chest, the last thing I want is deep grooves and angles. I want right? a sloped surface. <laughs> Not to mention that spot right in between. Like, a good hit to that is going to break your fucking sternum. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it, but, like, we digress. So it's like most of these people just went after these women, singled them out, and again... 
These are women that were getting doxxed regularly. Like this happened not once or twice, but multiple times for these women whenever they would move and they would get harassing phone calls, people threatening to gang rape, murder them, violate them, violate their families, death threats. They had to cancel events because people would call in bomb threats to their events. This is the kind of shit that would go on. And what's ironic about this is all this did was pretty much prove every single thing these women were saying about gaming culture, you know, and it's true. It's this very, this is what people think about when they think about incels. It's these reclusive little gaming nerds that just think that this is their space and only their space. And they retaliate against women in the most violent way possible whenever they feel even a little bit threatened because, you know, one time a girl told them no. Felicia Day, right? She yeah. wrote a post about Gamergate. And again, not even saying like, oh, these guys are pieces of shit. Just saying like, oh, this this isn't a good thing. And basically saying that like, because people, I guess, have been wanting Felicia Day to speak out. And, yeah. and she even like, just, all she said was that she actually feared retaliation for speaking against it. And right away, her home address and phone number were posted online. Uh, people were immediately sending threat- letters and phone calls to harass her, threatening her life and all of that shit and then at the same time uh will wheaton and stephen colbert came out saying far harsher criticism nothing left alone yeah exactly exactly and here's the thing felicia day at the point was one of the most top popular females in nerd culture that you could ever have like she's was the most non-controversial person ever she had you know um it was that little web series that she had. I forget what it was called, but it was one where they were doing, uh, pretending to be in a, Oh, it was called the guild. And it was just this cute little web series. And it kind of made her, uh, uh, um, an underground hit with a lot of people that are into like nerd culture and gaming and things like Mm -hmm. that. And, but she could do no wrong. And all she did was like, you know, I really don't, people were like, what do you think about this? Felicia? Cause Everyone, I think a lot of people thought that she'd be on like the side of Gamergate. Like, I think she'd, she'd come out and be against it. And she didn't do either. She was just like, well, anytime somebody comes out and says anything, they get doxxed. And I don't want that to happen. And bam, doxxed. Like, you know? Yeah, immediately. Yeah, like, I think it was within a day. And that's where it comes out is this is... Um, this is a bunch of cowards attacking women. That's all it comes down to. Again, it's for it's the same reason why, like the the, the colloquialism, a white knight it, it originally was supposed to be a guy who stuck up for women for the you know kind of a milady kind of thing, trying to get laid. But it ended up just becoming a another another fucking code word that incels use to d- demean anyone who was on the side of women who happened to have a penis. Um, that's what Colbert and Will Wheaton were called. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. That's the interesting part of this. This is where this tactic of of doing that comes from, because anybody that would defend these women was immediately labeled a white knight, an SJW, whatever. Like it, it didn't matter what their arguments were. The moment you were defending them, you were this. And it's it's a brilliant tactic, really, because it immediately devalues anything you have to say. Oh, you're just an SJW. Yeah. And anyone and listening SJW, is just going to stop like- listening. That one also, like, I never understood where that one was supposed to hurt feelings. Like, you're a social justice warrior. And it's like, well, first of all, that sounds awesome. Um, yeah. I, I, I would love that on my business card. Um, I would adjust <laughs> it to social justice barbarian. But yeah. um, <laughs> as the class, I would, you know, put my social justice in. But, like, it's like that's supposed to be an insult of any kind? I, I just don't get it. Like, don't get me wrong. The right and the left both come up with insulting terms for each other. But, like social justice war like how is that ever bad it's like it's because it's kind of like the let's go brandon thing it's like they literally just made something up and they decided that that, that sucks and i'm supposed to feel pressed about it and it's like I, I think it's the most childish stupidest thing you could have said i'm not yeah i'm not well it's super telling about themselves more than anything else well they're such cowards i can't even say fuck joe biden yeah but again these uh, are the same cowards that yeah. want to that want to make death and rape threats against women for you know existing and making a video game yeah, because remember yeah. these weren't. This wasn't. This started with a woman who wasn't putting an end to this. Wasn't someone who was like, "We need to lead a giant boycott against Call of Duty." Like, it still wouldn't have been okay. But I at least would have understand why outrage existed. Literally, a woman had no problem with anything and just made a game for someone like her who could enjoy it, and that was just too much for the fragile masculinity of the gaming world. Yeah. 
And and again, this didn't just this wasn't just a bunch of nobody incels. Like there were prominent people involved, and one of them, uh, the real fucking oh my god, the real fucking sad part of it was um, hold on, it was, it was Stephen Baldwin. Yeah, accidentally was the was one of the catalysts for this with his Twitter, yeah, because he posted yeah. about GamerGate, and all of his followers went nuts. Like that's where I think things really blew up. And Stephen Baldwin turns out what a fucking tool this guy is. First of all, he's not related to the Baldwins. Um, if he was, they probably would have thrown him out of the family. Um, he, he's been in a lot of things. He was in Chuck. Uh, he was the NSA agent in Chuck. He's, those were, that was one of his high profile. The biggest high profile thing he's done, though, has been Jane from Firefly. Um, and it turns out he's just as shitty as that character was, if not more. Um <laughs> You know, and and he he had kind of a, a zero presence, and then Gamergate happened, and he was just like, "What's with all these women folk using video games? We should kill them!" And like, and it was just fucking nuts. Now he's he's basically publicly stated, like, "I'm a right wing libertarian," and it's just like, who knew that <laughs> that like you just you just kind of assumed the person who was portraying the righty character wouldn't have been one, and uh, no, it turns out uh, Stephen Baldwin is an absolute piece of trash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it, it wasn't just a bunch of fucking anonymous cowards on 4chan. It was a few celebrity cowards, too. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And he was one of them. But that that was Gamergate in a nutshell. And, you know, a lot, it, it kind of went away and out of the limelight for a while. But it wasn't the start of this. Gaming has been gross forever. And it has only gotten worse. Now, some. Uh, why don't you go first, Matt? Talk about the right wing recruiting people on games because... I actually have a slightly different opinion than you. I don't think you're wrong, but I have a different opinion, but I think you've got a better overview. Well, it's not so much the right wing. It's mostly, oh, I mean, it, yeah, they are technically right wing. They're white nationalist groups, so they're absolutely right wing. Um, but yeah, white nationalists, white supremacists have been using, targeting specifically gamers in, in like, you know, gaming chat rooms, Call of Duties, message boards, things like that. And their tactics are pretty straightforward. They'll start seemingly innocuous conversations about race or politics or things like that and look for people that, you know, appear um, frustrated, annoyed with, with politics in its current state and start, you know, bringing them in. And then they, they, it's, it's the same kind of recruiting tactics they've always done. They look for the people that are isolated, that are feeling bullied, pressured, ignored by society that have never found a home. Matt, uh, stop real quick. Um, oh yeah. I just looked it up. It's, it's Adam Baldwin, not Stephen Baldwin. You oh, guys shit, kept saying Adam. Stephen Baldwin. And, uh, the, and yeah, all would like to apologize to the Baldwin family and to Stephen Baldwin. You, sir, are fine and your whole family is fine. Um, yes, it is Adam Baldwin, uh, who is the absolute piece of shit. And sorry about that. So thank yeah. you for looking that up. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, no what, to what, any of the what tipped me off was you talking about Firefly and Serenity. And I'm like, that's not Stephen Baldwin. What the fuck are you talking about? And I looked it up and just wanted to be clear. Adam Baldwin. There There's too many fucking Baldwins in Hollywood, goddammit. There are. Agreed. There are, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so white nationalists have always looked for the lonely outcast uh, loner types. People that have never felt at home, always felt like outcasts. And guess what? A lot of them like to game. And so they've kind of found a breeding ground for these people that, I shouldn't say breeding ground, but like a hub where all of these loners congregate and they kind of bring them in and they talk to them real sweetly and they tell them it's not your fault you can't get laid it's not your fault you're doing bad or can't hold a job or are a loser it's society's fault because there's brown people out there and women and feminism has has trained women to hate men like you and you're a white man and really you should be proud of that and they tell them these good lies that make them feel good and part of a family and they're already pre-existing casual racism and bigotry that they're, they've been afraid to say because it'll ostracize them even more. Suddenly it's acceptable and encouraged and it just gets nurtured and nurtured. And that's kind of how the, the, the right is using these, these groups to kind of recruit more extremists and loners to their side. And again, these are some of the tactics that um, I think were adopted by Trump and his campaign. Yeah. And, and personally, like, I don't think you're wrong. Number one, um, I, I see this, you know, I am with you. I, I game all the time online um, and, and I see this behavior constantly. My 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 take on this is I don't think this is anything new. And what I mean by that is this is the way that white nationalists have recruited people forever. 
hell, American History X is an amazing movie that kind of goes into how normal white men are recruited into these. This has existed far before gaming, and it's the exact same tactic. It's finding these loner guys, whether they found them at bars or rodeos or at workplaces or wherever. They found these guys and these guys who need a community and are agitated or at least depressed or not liking life because whatever circumstances are going on. That's someone who's prime, right? You got someone who's not having a good time and is very alone, maybe lacks some social skills or lacks resources or whatever. But for whatever reason, they're feeling alone in the world. And you come around and say, first of all, none of that shit is your fault. It's the Mexicans, Jews, blacks, communists, whatever. Make up your fucking thing. The goddamn Swedes. I don't care. Like, it's the cat, whatever the clan hates right now. That's who it is. You make up that other and you say it's their fucking fault. They're breeding us out and the Jews are in on it and the women are in on it and blah, blah, blah. And also, you're not alone in that. Join us and we can be buddies and solve this problem. And what I what I think this is a telling of is not that I don't think it breeds more online. I think it's that video game has become so mainstream that it's no longer immune to it. Kind of like, you know, one of the people used to say, like, I like Apple because it doesn't get viruses. It wasn't because Apple was so cool that it couldn't get viruses. It was just that nobody gave a fuck about it. Apple finally got mainstream enough that people actually started writing viruses for it. I think it's the same thing. I don't I think yeah. that we I think you're right, Matt. I think we have seen an explosion of this online, but I don't think that's an artifact of video gaming. I think it's that video gaming has finally become such a generational construct that it's no longer immune to it. Well, I'm not necessarily saying it's re- it's an artifact of gaming. What I am saying is that there is a certain personality type. Like we both said the same thing. That certain personality type is also naturally drawn to video games because it actually provides the same thing. It provides them with that escape. They get to fantasize about being the person they want in those role, in these role playing yeah, games. Right. Like it allows them some community. Exactly. But then all of a sudden now women are coming into that community and rightly so. But <gasps> women now, but, in gaming? Yeah. But now they've got to get reminded about how they can't get a chick in real life because they're so socially awkward. And then they try to do it online with, with the, my ladies and I'm a nice guy and we should meet. And then, and they still get rejected because that, that that's horseshit and no, most girls aren't going to fall for that shit. So now they can't even escape from the reality in their escape. So, you know, I think that, and again, I'm not saying this is the norm for all of these cases, but I think it's a very common story that that happens is, I think it's a lot, it's, it's part of the reason why these recruitment tactics are so successful. They're like you said, Chris, they're, they're still, they're using the same tactics they've always used, but I think there's now another element added to it. That's also helping to push this is these, there's these guys have this space that's being perceived as theirs and they're, they're seeing it invaded. I think it's horseshit argument and, and stupid and they need to get over it. But then they've got somebody else coming in the space as well saying, no, yeah, it is being invaded. And you know what? That's fucking wrong. And if you stick with us, we're going to fix it and we're going to make America great again. And we're going to make everything back to the way it should be. And you're going to get pussy up the ass. Yep. And all you, whoa, that's, that, I, <laughs> I don't I, think anybody wants that. You painted a picture, sir. <laughs> and now, now it's stuck in my head. Um, but you're welcome. No, I, I agree, and I think that it's kind of, again, it's the same story. We fucking heard this before, you know? It's the Jews are taking over, and people of color are breeding the white race out. And it, 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 There's a reason why these tropes don't go away, and it's happening in gaming, is the women are being taken by these other people, and you're being pushed out, and why is everything all over? How come there's no Mother's Day for white men? You know, it's, it's that kind of shit, you know? Oh, yeah. Men's it's rights activists, goddamn! Yeah. But they're one in the fucking same. Anybody who is on board with this feminization of gaming is so terrible. And oh my god, it's the same men's rights bullshit. That's that same insecure needle dick Tom Likas garbage. You know, it's it's that same shit of being so fucking terrified of your own shadow that all you can do is pick a marginalized group to blame all of your own shortcomings. And I mean that as literally as possible on them. Whoa, Tom Likas, that's a reference I haven't heard in a long time. Wow. Yeah, yeah, is serious. Is still alive? I, I'm sure he's still alive. Uh, I don't think he's on. I mean, I, you know, he's, he's probably got some fucking you know, online presence on Daily Stormer or something. Who fucking knows? 
But for those of you who aren't old as fuck, uh, there was a radio DJ in L.A., and he was syndicated nationally called Tom Likas. Um, he he wore sunglasses at night, so you know what a piece of shit he was. <laughs> and he was, again, he was just this, this like, 60-year-old fat old white guy who, and for the record, I'm not body shaming, I am also a fat old white guy, but... He he was the trope. You looked at him and you're like, oh, yes, this guy has never had sex that he didn't pay money for. Yeah, yeah, that, this guy. <laughs> um, uh, this guy never leaves the massage parlor. Yeah, I know this guy. We've all known that guy. You know, he, he, he's the uncle that stares at your cousin too long at Thanksgiving. That's who fucking Tom Likas is. Yep. Um, and he's a piece of shit. And he came out as the men's rights activist. He was kind of the OG one because he came out. Guy, yeah. He was in like the 90s, wasn't he? He was a it, long it, time ago. Like the, his fate, claim to fame was telling men that all you should care about is getting laid. Treat women like dirt and they'll flock on you. You know, don't ever respect them. Don't ever love them. You know, men all. Like, you know, don't like he would advocate for men not giving to sperm banks because he he put out all these false reports of like, you know, in mass uh, women coming after men for child support after they use their sperm or some shit, which I looked at. I could never find any substantiated like backup to think back. Well, and on top of that, he would talk about like and again and he would he would take something that had just the tiniest nugget of something where a rational person could be like. I guess I can see a point there. Like, you know, Keanu talked about, like, for instance, like he, he, he said that no, no man should, no man's name should ever be put on a birth certificate without a paternity test in the hospital. Yeah. I actually kind of agree with that one. Um, yeah. And that's like the only thing I've ever agreed with, with that piece of shit. Um, and, and the, but that's what he was, is all he talked about was how to trick women into sleeping. Because it, it was yes. never about like, yes. hey, um, you should practice good grooming and hygiene habits and uh, have a successful job. and Get your own house in order so that you're attractive to someone who might want to join you in your life. And, and you should have a nice apartment and you should try to be successful in your job. And these are things that will attract a partner. Like, no, no, it was always like, well, first thing you got to do is rent a nice car and go to a bar. And like, what you do is, is you, you find a house. Like I remember one time I was hearing this thing on online and it was a recording of his and he would talk about, you should, you should find a, a really upscale housing development that's being built or a really nice house that's having construction done. Like it's getting remodeled and then drive them past it and show them that that's your house and it's getting remodeled and you're staying in your brother's shitty apartment until then that's going to help you get laid. It was always like these weird, sneaky, awful tricks. It was just, he's just so fucking gross. And you, you know, it was a good, like, so those of you who have seen how I met your mother picture Barney Stinson, but like a hundred pounds heavier, a buttload uglier, and and like, <laughs> but still trying to use the same tricks to get women that would never work in reality. Picture Dwight Schrute, who thinks he's Barney Stinson. There that is go. what this guy is. He is Dwight Schrute from The Office, pretending cosplaying as Barney Stinson, and that is exactly what Tom <laughs> Likas was. There you anyway, go. he was fucking disgusting, awful, and it's that same energy. And after you've listened to this, and you're not a thousand years old, and you don't know who we're talking about. Once you've Googled and looked at him and, and heard about him, that's who GamerGate is. That's who these gamers are. That's who that Baldwin is. The good, the terrible Baldwin, not the good ones. Again, sorry to the Baldwin family. Th that's who we're talking about. It it's that same terrified scared fragile man who can do nothing but lash out at anyone around him who doesn't look like him and he is easily recruited into oh, yeah. this stuff yeah um but i gotta tell you i i, I read this npr you know, preparing for this i read this npr article right it was it was kind of about this father whose son who he came home and it wasn't mein kampf but he basically found kind of this like white nationalist handbook in his house like printed out on the printer and he was like, what the fuck, right? He was talking about his experience of his son being, um, you know, recruited and what he did about it. And um, and the very last statement I just want to point out is this is how fucked up we, we – this is why this happens because we have a weird dichotomy in view of this as Americans. The last line is, it took time late – but lately, John says, his son, now 16, seems to have left these ideas behind. He's playing fewer network shooter games on, on his own and he started attending church. <laughs> so that was that's how dad knows son's on the right path because he stopped playing so many video games and he switched to a different cult mm -hmm. that's fucking terrifying that like that that he, he just needed less shooting and more jesus and it's like do you not know who the domestic terrorists in this country are clearly not <laughs> white People between the ages of 18 and 35 that go to church and have 
guns. Yeah. yeah, we have an issue where we think that's the solution, or at least that's the antithesis of this problem. Is scared white men who are terrified of any kind of female empowerment. The solution is more church and less call of duty. And it's like, well, no, the solution is fighting misogyny and calling them out. You know what's powerful? Shame. Shame <laughs> the fuck out of them. Call them out online, like not allowing that shit. And again, if you've played online, I don't play shooters anymore. I really don't. I just, I won't play Halo. I won't play Call of Duty. Like I just won't anymore because I couldn't go five minutes without some fucking 12 year old calling me the N word or talking about my mom or like, it's just such <laughs> misogynistic racist shit all the time. And I gotta tell you, I've recently gotten into the game hold fast. Um, and it's a lot of fun. It's Napoleonic warfare. It's just, it, it, it's a garbage game and it's very terrible and hard to play. And I love it. Even then it pops up, like I try to stay off the American servers or American times because when you're on the American servers during prime American time, it's a bunch of fucking teenagers throwing out the N-word. And I think some of that is, sure, that white nationalist thing, but I think a lot of that is just stupid teenage male, I'm edgy bullshit. You're just trying to get attention in the worst way possible. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, I, that's why I think, like, yes, I think video gaming is a toxic environment for this shit. And it, and it would be really nice if big companies like Discord and Reddit and places where video game communities thrive would actually give a shit about moderating. Uh, because let me tell you that, that that Facebook and Instagram and and and, and a lot of Wait places in Twitter, yeah, they'll, they'll come after you and censor you for saying that white men are tr- garbage and trash. But you can go ahead and be a Nazi and that's fine. Twitter has finally, only because of the Trump presidency, turned that around a little bit and done a little policing. But these online communities do zero policing. I can't tell you, back in the dark ages when I was on Facebook, I got zucked constantly for saying leftist shit. And again, not like, oh, I'm going to burn down the White House. Like, no, nothing terrible like that. Like, boy, that's going to get taken out of context one day. But um, (laughs) if we we ever get famous, that's going to be the clip they take. But, like, I wasn't saying that kind of shit. I was saying, like, hey, these white men are terrible, and this is awful, and this is, you know, we should call out these fucking right-wingers. Republicans are pretty getting pretty fascist these days, don't you think? And it was, like, shut down, reported, censored, you're on a Facebook break for a week, that kind of shit. But it's, like, people who were literally saying, hey, we should kill all the Jews. That's the one that's going to take it out of context. People who would say that on Facebook, no censorship whatsoever. That was fine. That's political speech. That's protected. It's, like, you can literally start quoting fucking Hitler online and face no repercussions. And that still happens to this day. You can be sexist. You can be disgusting. You can sexually harass women online. You can harass people who are minorities. Pedophiles have a big group following in Facebook. Like, I'm telling you, there's not many safer places for you than Facebook if you're a pedophile these days. I mean, take one look at Mark Zuckerberg and tell me that guy's not going to make a safe space for pedophiles and Nazis. <laughs> I'm not saying he is one, but I'm just saying he doesn't have a problem with them. So, so like on the one hand, you've got, you know, this weird right wing culture that's kind of like just permeating gaming, right? On the other hand, you've got right wing politicians who are going after that very same culture, which is probably their own fucking kids at this point. And what's even weirder is when you throw this in, what's one of the staples of right wing culture or right wing politics is let the free market, let the market decide, let the free market do what it wants. It's like companies should be free to make their own decisions. And the one time they don't agree with that. There's definitely something they say. Yeah. But the one time that they're anti that is when it comes to gaming companies. And lately, especially, we need some regulation in the industry the most. Because did you guys hear what happened with Microsoft today, this week? Yeah, they spent $11 billion to buy every video game. Yeah, yeah. They pulled a Disney. Yeah, they went, hey, we like, here's all the money, and in return, we will get all the IP. So, okay, so back in 2019, uh, there was a report on Kotaku about um, basically who controls most of the gaming market, and it was six companies controlled 50% of the wealth. So on that list, there's some ones you're going to know and some you're not. So Nintendo was on that list. Activision was on that list, Xbox, or I'm sorry, Microsoft rather, Sony, uh, a company you may or may not be familiar with. It's a it's a, a Chinese company called Tencent. They're actually the biggest stakeholders currently. Uh, with Sony right behind them, and then Microsoft now is number three on that list. Want to know why? Because they bought up what number five used to be, which is Activision. Sony spent $69 billion 
to acquire Activision. Now, it's going to take about a year, year and a half for the deal to go through. It's possible there could be some government going after it. Not sure with this government because there's, but there might be some people. There's some people voicing concerns about a monopoly. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't think our government's going to do anything to stop this. No. It is a monopoly. The last time the United States government actually did anything about monopoly. Yeah. There's been a couple times where they discussed it in Congress. Um, and they talked about denying it, but it hasn't happened. Yeah, in recent times, it hasn't happened. Yeah, we are living in the mo- mo- AT and T owns more than they ever did, and even before they were broken up in the yeah. what was it, the eighties or the seventies when they had that baby bell breakup, something like that. Yeah, I think it was in the late seventies. Could you have been Pacific Bell, yeah. but well, that's where Pacific Bell came from. That's the okay. thing is, it was the Bell Company, and then it was Eastern Bell and Pacific Bell. And- yeah, so they were called the Baby Bells. Because they were all, it was like that gif where someone smacks dynamite and a bunch of, you know, dick butts pop out. Same kind of thing. Like they smashed AT&T, but all the bell companies came out. Yeah. Anyway, monopolies, monopolies own us. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Capitalism requires monopolies. Well, agreed. Agreed. You know, but it's this we're talking, we've talked about like the, the gamers that have created problematic culture here, but we're not talking about the game developers and it's not just monopolies, but like Blizzard and Activision and Ubisoft and all these companies, we have reports almost every single week of rampant misogyny, uh, worker exploitation, uh, basically cramming what they call crunch, forcing employees to work sometimes like 80 to 120 hour weeks just to get a game out on time. You know, all this stuff is coming to the surface. Now, one of the things I find interesting here is with this Microsoft thing, there's there's two camps right now. There's a lot of people in camp, what we just talked about, that are like, well, what about monopolies? And this is a big problem. And there's another ones that are just cheering this on because Activision and Blizzard by extension have been so fucking awful lately. And we're learning about how absolutely horrible these companies have been to their employees, specifically the women in their employees. I mean, we're talking about harassment with no consequences, sexual harassment. There's possible rape allegations coming out with the CEOs in these instances knowing exactly what was going on and taking no steps to fix it at all. Um, There's been union busting firms brought in to help kind of curb a lot of workers talking to the press, not working by the way, which I absolutely love. But a lot of people are looking at all this stuff that's been going on, and, and Blizzard, especially, I want to talk about them, has a rampant fan base, fan base because they've created yeah. some of the most popular games that have ever existed. The Diablo series, Warcraft, Starcraft, World of Warcraft is hands down the most successful MMORPG it's ever, ever existed. Made, ever. There's not a, like, every time a new MMO would come out, the the reports will all be, is this going to be the WoW killer? Is this going to be the WoW killer? And not a single one of them could ever do it. Nothing ever killed WoW. WoW has always been, it has been a cash cow. And for good reason. They're good, engaging games with rich lore, great gameplay and all these things. But now you find out that the company that's making all this shit is fucking horrible. I mean, it's the most capitalist company I've ever heard of at this point. You know, you've got, you know, you've got, you know, all kinds of just controversies and scandals coming out. The game, like I've, I've talked to many people, I'm one of them. I actually haven't played or bought or purchased any money towards Blizzard, I think, in over two years now. And I'm not the only one. A lot of people have been kind of abandoning the company because they don't want to support this bullshit. And so I think a lot of them are looking at this Microsoft purchase in the short term saying, okay, this is amazing. Microsoft's going to come in. They're going to fix everything. They're going to make it better. They're going to put all these games on Game Pass. I'm going to be able to play them with my subscription. And you know what? I think all of that is true, but I think that's a that's a short-term game, long-term loss because Microsoft is still a company and only five years ago during the, the last generation of consoles, they came out with the most unfri- unconsumer-friendly products or ideas imaginable. They stuck by their guns. It was only until like it really hurt their wallets that they reversed course. With them controlling this much of the market share, how long before they decided to shove something like that down our throats again? And this time we've got less competition out there for us to take our money elsewhere. Microsoft is never going to save the day. It's a terrible company run by a terrible man. Bill Gates Bill Gates has done a lot to try to put a good image as some kind of philanthropist. Bill Gates is a terrible person, not just because he's a billionaire, in the actions and things he has done. He's a bad dude. And Microsoft is run as a terrible company 
he has, Bill Gates spearheaded Microsoft in its earlier days, and he was involved in illegal competition smashing. Like, if you think Microsoft is going to play nice, give me a fucking break. Not a chance. Shit is only going to get worse. Well, and here's the thing what everyone is latching on to. So Phil Spector is the guy that's the head of, of Xbox right now. And I'll give him credit. When, when Xbox had their big, big problematic release of, of the last Xbox console, he's the one they brought in to fix anything. And he's really done a good job of reversing course. Game Pass is a great buy. He's made a lot of good decisions. Uh, there's a lot of, like, there's rumors coming out now about what he's going to do with Bethesda. And a lot of people are psyched about that. Phil Spector is not going to always be the CEO of Xbox. Okay, especially with the way he's been doing well, there's gonna somebody's gonna come along and offer him another job, and the guy that replaced him could just as easily be another Bobby Kotick. Now, if you guys don't know, Bobby Kotick is the current CEO of Activision Blizzard, the one that has already been asked to step down multiple times because of everything that's been going on. Now, Bobby Kotick is an asshole. He doesn't like unions. He doesn't care about workers. He doesn't care about women. He doesn't care about doing anything that's moral or right. All he cares is about doing is doing what a CEO is supposed to do, making money for the shareholders. Oh, so he's a capitalist, yeah. Yep. If you like Phil Spector, great. I'm not going to say anything about him. I don't know enough to, to hate him. What I do know I've liked. But again, if you think he's always going to be at the helm or somebody with his mentality is, you're fooling yourself. There are way more Bobby Kotick's out there waiting to step in and promise the Bill Gates of the world's even more money for their Xbox division. And I think that's that's what I think a lot of these gamers are so ready to just be done with everything, all the controversy surrounding Blizzard and Activision, that they're just looking for anything to make it better. And while I do think that this will in the short term, long term, I think this is a big loss for gamers. I think we're all going to get uh, hit with price hikes, less competition, and, and all kinds of things that are just going to be detrimental. Because... What happens with the next console generation where Xbox decides, hey, remember how you all hated that idea of us having you always connected to the internet? Yeah, we're going to bring that back. What are you going to do? Yeah, nothing. And yeah. Again, we, we already know that, you know, loot box gaming, that thing, it's just, it's just child gambling and that's all it is. Yeah. And this is the future and it's just where it's going to go. Especially if they, yeah, especially if they, if they tie it to your Xbox Game Pass subscription. You're going to give that 15 bucks up a month or are you just going to be connected to the internet at all time? So anyway, that's where we're going to be. And it's not going to change until we do something about monopolies. This is, this is the advanced age of capitalism. It's where we're going to be. And it's not going to get better on its own. If you think things are bad, I'm really sorry, but don't worry. It's going to get worse. Well, it always gets worse before it gets better, right? <laughs> well, here's the thing too. There's let's focus on the positive. And I do want to end it. Like before we get into the mailbag, I want to ask you guys a question because I think it's a good one. It's, I was engaging with somebody about this and there was a debate going on about whether or not the right wing represents the whole of the gaming community. I think we looked it up. There's something like something like a hundred million gamers worldwide that people like various polls and stuff have estimated on. And what do you guys think? Do you think that this is just a very loud minority? Do you think this rep that these ideas and in this culture is representative of the whole or what we're, we're I mean, okay. You're kind of new to all this, but Chris, what's your take on it? No. Um, I think that is the community of, um, that is the community again of Halo. That is the community of first person shooters like Call of Duty and all of those. That's who you end up getting into. Um, again, I play Fallout 76. I have never seen a nicer, kinder community. The, the community of Fallout 76 makes the community of Animal Crossing look like fucking <laughs> barbarians. It's insane. It's like all you do is get helped. If you're a low-level person, people just come over and just start throwing armor and guns and weapons and ammo at you and, and yep. health packs. And It's an incredibly kind, nice community, and people who are shitty are typically bullied right off. A lot of games are like that. So it's like I think there's – you know, I once heard someone say, like, we should make Fortnite Game of the Year every year. Because it takes all the fucking 12-year-olds off of the gaming. And same thing. It's like, you know what? I hope Call of Duty makes a game every fucking year. Every fucking year. And I hope they just start calling it. I wish someone would fuck me. And and just make that the game. And just attract all these incel pieces of shit. Because I think... I think it's I think the community of gaming is a lot like the Republican Party. They are not a majority. They're just the loudest. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I would agree. I think uh, a similar experience to you was, was we all played this together, but Outriders. Uh, I kept going with it a little bit past you guys, and I felt I had the exact same experience. Everybody I talked to was extremely helpful, informative. When I had questions, they answered it. I always found people to run with that were really great. I got on chat. I got on all kinds of chats on Discord with these random people, and never once did I have anybody dropping an end bomb, being disrespectful, being rude. And, and again, there was a good mix. You, you guys know how it's teams of threes. Most of the time, it was you know uh, there was always at least one girl in there, and you know she was always. Um, you know, welcomed and never was anybody cracking jokes or anything like that. A lot of them were team leaders. So it's like, that is what I think the community really is. And I think you're right. I think you've got just small pockets where all of the assholes like to congregate. Well, I think they're big pockets, but they're pockets. Well, comparatively, and, I, I and don't I think, think that's the, work, And that's yeah. the online community. You got to remember, there's a whole lot of online gamers who just play first person games. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and again, that's maybe because that's what they prefer. But let's be fair. There is an online gaming community that is absolutely 100% not friendly towards women and people of color. Yep. And why do you think we have a lack of... First of all, gaming in general, since its inception, has been targeted to white men. It has been marketed to white men. White men are who Nintendo and Atari were going for. White straight men. Yes. But it's who everyone has been going for. And gaming has only become inclusive to, like, I wonder if there's non-white men in the world. That's just too fucking much for Call of Duty players. And that's our problem, is is that has shifted. But I think, again, these are big pockets. I think they're giant clusters, but it's cancer. These are huge tumors that are growing. But I don't think they represent the whole body. I think there's an ass-ton of gamers online who are not playing these games and who are playing games on their own or in friendly communities. Um, but they're not the ones who are all over 4chan uh, screaming about how they want to murder nuns. Yep. So, by the way, um, I shifted through, and once I was able to clear all the uh, the misogyny N-words out of our subject lines, were there any other any other males in the mailbag? <laughs> Uh, there was uh, a shout out to Yo Girl Mabel. She reached out to us. So this is a little bit late in getting out there. Mabel Mabel's my favorite listener. I, I, yeah, I love her. She's great. Uh, I do want to apologize, though. She sent this back on the 11th right after our uh, return from the break. And I just want to say the reason I didn't this didn't come out on last week's episode is because we actually had recorded that on the sixth, so we had we kind of got ahead of our episodes and we're we're getting a little bit ahead of the game, and so that's why this is coming out a little bit later than when you sent it, Mabel. But she says, "Hey, alt left gang, listened to the episode earlier at work and wanted to say it was great. Missed hearing your voices. Oh, Mabel, we missed you too. The talk on COVID actually felt sort of refreshing. I wanted to say my experience being a student." It was extremely hard when the lockdown hit, and it hit me hard. I basically fell off the face of the earth. It was too bad my teacher called me once to check. It was so bad, I'm sorry, the teacher checked me, uh, called me once to check up on me. The lockdown was horrid, but I was essential in trying to flatten the curve. I did have some of my best work online, too, and I could earn, I could learn when my body felt awake. I would feel bummed if I went into another lockdown since it's my senior year, but we could use it. Not that the lockdown worked last time where I live. Anyway, love the episode. Can't wait for next week. Smiley face from Mabel. You know, it's, it's funny because Mabel messaged us on Instagram and I got it and I immediately replied to her and then I screenshotted it and sent it to Matt. I was like, Matt, Mabel, he's like, I just, I just downloaded that. Just put on the mailbag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exact same time. So no, Mabel, you are the official mascot of the alt left. We think you're amazing and just keep your fucking chin up. You're doing great. Yeah, oh, she, she, absolutely, 100%. I can't say enough how how awesome she is and the, awesome she is. And then uh, the last shout-out I want to do, I'm not going to go super into it, but uh, I haven't given her a shout-out in a while, and I think she deserves it. Jersey Jess, a.k.a. Jersey Girl 7, uh, 782. She, you've seen her, Chris. She's t- constantly responding to us on uh, Twitter all the time. You know what I'm That's like you about? and me are talking to her on Twitter constantly. Yeah, and I just want to say how much I love hearing from you. She mentioned recently that, uh, generally speaking, she keeps her uh, uh, her political bitching to a minimal, except, of course, when she interacts with us. And I said it in Twitter, <laughs> yeah. but I want to say it again. I We are absolutely here for it. You bitched us all you want because I love your responses to everything we say. I really do. 
Uh, you always provide something insightful, and and you, you usually give a take I hadn't considered. So please keep them coming, Jersey Jersey girl. We love you. Yeah, and and again, Instagram, Twitter, we fucking love it. Talk to us. We have, yeah. Matt and I are basically constantly sharing notes on, on on Twitter and shit, and and we love it. Another shout out to the South Carolina crew. They don't get shout outs anymore because we're on a Discord chat with them and we're talking to them pretty North much. Carolina. Weekly. Oh, sorry, North Carolina crew. That's right. I said South Carolina. I don't know yeah. why. That's the American edu- American education system for you, folks. <laughs> but anyway, th- thanks to our North Carolina crew. Um, you know, Tim, Ashley, uh, Mac, all you guys, you're absolutely oh, wonderful. Oh, by the way, real quick, uh, shout out to Ashley. Skyrim belongs to the fucking Nords. <laughs> Faithless Imperial. I know, right? I, I knew I was waiting for you too. It took you a while to respond to that one, but I I knew you were going to come after her for that. I was like, oh, here it I, comes. Did. I did. I came out swinging. You did. It was beautiful. Yeah. Just so you know, if you guys ever want to have a great video game uh, debate, just tweeted us that uh, Skyrim belongs to the Empire, and I guarantee you, Chris or myself will have some things to say. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, so yeah, keep them coming. Seriously, we're never going to get tired of you guys. Engage with us. We absolutely fucking love it. That is the best part of doing this cast, is talking to people who listen to us, and we love you. So, thank you for sticking with us on this super nerdy and super toxic topic, but uh, I think it was a good one, so please join us here next week. We'll be here. We're not going anywhere. Nuggets of left goodness are coming out of everywhere, and they're going into your ear holes. So until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember, the revolution is you.